Again, right? Amen. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you, Ginny. I always enjoy Ginny singing before I speak. And thank you again, Ginny, for being thoughtful. Um, this morning, we're going to have a good time together, right? You're looking for that, forward for that, and I'm looking forward for that. You know, uh, Jesus kept a busy schedule in his life. As he never complained about working hard or uh, not sleeping or any of that. We find him moving where he needed to. He had compassion on all who came for healing. In the morning, 
one day I'm going to read a portion of the scripture, and uh, in order not to make you guessing, that day in the morning, I uh, rephrased it, he went to the synagogue where he taught and healed a demoniac. And then uh, in the afternoon, he went to Peter's house where he healed Simon's, Peter's mother-in-law. Then in the evening, if you think you're working hard, uh, in the evening, he went out in the streets of Capernaum where a number of people were brought to him to be healed. I gathered all this information. And uh, the night he spent at Peter's house, uh, or what's left of the night, quite a busy day. But there was a need for all his travels, or he dropped from one place to another. There was a need, and he was the God who fulfilled every need. He never turned anyone away from needy people. Whoever asked him to do something, he did. Let's open our Bibles so you can gather now what I told you from this little, these verses to Gospel of Mark chapter 1, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. To 35, that's... And immediately the Bible says, verses 29, after they had come with the, some of the disciples out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to him about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. And when evening had come, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the people city, the whole city gathered at the door, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak, because they knew who he was. And in the morning, he continues, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place, and he was praying there. What a great God we have. Was it a busy day? Yeah. A busy day for you and me. Jesus gets busy for you and me. I have a, a little story I read. And here Jesus came to Simon Peter. The uh, historians tell us that um, uh, Peter, or Simon then, lived near the synagogue. So when Jesus was at the synagogue and he healed a demoniacs there, he crossed the street when they came and told him that his mother-in-law was very sick. She didn't have a cold. She had high fever. And uh, in Luke, 
doctor, the physician Luke says she, it was high fever. In other words, she could have had a certain a disease that was dangerous for her life. But he crossed the street and went and healed her. And stayed the night there. Wouldn't you like to have Jesus stay the night there? Bill, during the Bible, uh, the, our uh, breaking of bread, mentioned that the two disciples, they asked him to stay. And you know what he did? He stayed. I wish we can ask Jesus to stay with us all the time. The subject of my message, does Jesus live in your house? A man came home from work. At the end of the day, he was met by his wife who said to him, the new minister came just here today. And he asked a question I couldn't answer. What did he ask? Well, he asked me, she said, does Jesus Christ live here? And what did uh, you say? Well, I couldn't, uh, couldn't you tell him, he told her the verse, couldn't you tell him that we are respectable people? But he didn't ask me that. Well, why didn't you tell him we go to church every now and then when we feel like it? Ah, Adam, you like that, huh? Okay. <laughs> but he didn't, be, he didn't ask me that either, was her reply. Then you could have told him that we read the Bible. Well, sometimes he added. But he didn't ask me that. What he asked me was, does Jesus Christ live here? This is the question we need to answer today. Does Jesus Christ live in our homes? Christians, believers, and non-believers, does Jesus Christ live in our homes? What a question. That's a new minister in town. Instead of asking an easy question, he went just straight to the heart, right? Don't you say that? And if Jesus lives in your home, what kind of difference does he make? Well, he stayed in Peter's home, in Simon, then, before he changed his name. He stayed one night, supposedly. And if you want to question that, when we get to heaven, you and I will go to Peter and ask him, did Jesus stay there and where did he sleep? Okay, then if, uh, if he didn't sleep there, I will apologize to you. How about that? Okay, it's easy to do it in heaven. It's easy. <laughs> but the, po the, point, the point of it is, Jesus entered that house and to heal Peter's mother-in-law. And a question, if you have any question, so was Peter married? Let the Bible answer you. Peter's mother-in-law. Could you help me in translating this? That means he was married, he had the mother-in-law, right? 
<laughs> are, we, are you with me in that? Okay, if you have to question it again when you get there, question it there. And his mother-in-law was very, very ill. The Bible says that he went in there and healed her immediately. And that reminded me that there are many who are sick like her, but not confined to a house. She was burning with fever, but there are so many people around in the world today with uh, going around with burning heads. Did you meet some of those? Burning hearts, burning consciences, burning memories, and burning fears. People carry all these things. They are walking with heavy hearts and heavy lights walking around us. And that reminds me, what a sick world we are in. What a sick world we are in. And what a sick age we are going through. Well, I want to ask you a question. Where did Peter have to go to for his mother-in-law? There were physicians, but Peter knows better. He went to Jesus Christ. And if you're sick this morning and you know that you have, your heart is burning, your mind is occupied, your life is completely in shambles. Ah, uh, where should you go to? Let me ask you. Where should you go to? Jesus. He is the one to go to. Jesus. When the whole world was hungry and they didn't have to eat. And they came to Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh tell them? Go to Joseph. He was appointed. He has the food. Why, why do people go somewhere else? I don't understand. If Jesus has the answers, why don't we go to him? And he is able to heal you and relieve you from all the fevers that are going into your life. And what happened when Jesus came and saw Peter's mother-in-law? She has no name here. I think the Holy Spirit left it this way, so we will always remember that Peter was married and he had a mother-in-law. And he loved her, and she lived with them. How about that? And she lived with them. And his wife was there. And some of the disciples who came with him, uh, uh, she was very lying, sick with fever. And immediately the Bible says, they spoke to him about her, and he came and raised her up. I wrote in my notes here, that the only thing to do was to raise her up. That was Jesus. He never met a sick person that he did not heal. He never met someone who believed that he can heal him and he did not heal him. Or her, doesn't matter. Do we tell Jesus about some members of our families that they need healing. He cared for his mother-in-law, Peter. I've never heard a message about that, but I was reading it. He cared for his mother-in-law, and he wanted her to be healed, and he went to the right healer 
and changed her life completely. And the cure that Jesus offered was instant. Was instant. He raised her up and the fever immediately left her. Well, there was no convalescence in this situation. Did he say, send her somewhere to get rehab or be healed? And he didn't tell her, I didn't hear Jesus say, take it easy for this few days in verse. I don't find it in any verses here. Take it easy for a few days. Restrict your diet to soup and uh, careful about your diet. And uh, I will come and see you in a couple of weeks. No. Jesus doesn't do that. When Jesus touches a life, he changes this life completely. When he enters a house, he has to do something, work in this house. Can you imagine what happened to the mother-in-law when she thought that she was to die, to die, and then when she got up? And you know what the Bible says? She got up and started waiting on them, serving them, preparing a big dinner or a big lunch, whatever it is. She started serving the master. Why? Because joy entered his heart. From total sadness to total joy, when Jesus enters a life, he changes this life completely. Remember when he entered your life. Like Sonny shared today, he just entered my life. It was a life like still water, not moving. And he, gave, uh, he made out of my life a running water. So I can talk about him as long as I live. By the way, I was blessed with that word, Sonny. May God bless you and use you more. Jesus changes lives. He heals. When he enters a house, he heals the house completely. Is your house healed? That's a personal question to each and every one. And don't hide. Is your house in good health? Did Jesus, let's go a little bit personal, did Jesus heal you? Did he heal you from sin? And did he heal you from all these sick world that we are living in? She was healed. She jumped on her feet. She started serving her guests. And you know what? There's a message for you and me. Dear Christians, gratitude brings surface. Gratitude, thankfulness brings service. If you're thankful what Jesus has done in your life, are you showing him this gratitude by serving him? By serving others? Or you have become, I say, I'll go to church, you have become a church goer only. You come every Sunday, barely make it on time, and attend a meeting, and see where's the exit door, and leave immediately. Or you said, Lord, you have come into my life, 
You have come into my house. You have healed me from a disease that was taking me directly to hell. And you changed me. And now I want to serve you all my life. You know, if we do not serve, what evidence is there that we have been healed? If we do not serve, what evidence is there that we have been healed? Sitting and say, yeah, I, God, God saved me. It's not enough. If God really touched your heart and healed you, go get up and tell others about what he can do. When he healed the man who had legions living in the tombs, he was bleeding himself, cutting himself day and night, and no one could get near him. Chains, he broke it. People were afraid of him until he met Jesus face to face. And Jesus rebuked the devil. And Jesus healed him. Where do we find him? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. But more than that. And he went to Jesus and said, I want to follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, no. Go tell. Go to your people, to your friends, to anyone else, and tell them what the Lord has done in your life. What kind of mercy. He went. He went to ten cities and spread the gospel there. And that's what we need to do, folks. Church, if God has touched your heart, if God is in your life, if God is living in your house, well, you should not be satisfied that we are Christians and that's enough. Let's go out and tell the world what God has done in our lives. She went up and served. You know what? How we prove to the world that we are saved? We are saved when we serve. Amen. Enough. We are saved when we serve. And we don't wait till, well, hey, Sunday I'll go to church. You need to do more than that. We need the world today. The world today is sinking in sin. The world is in complete chaos. Do you agree with me? Here, there, we're not living in the Middle East, but there is chaos all over the world. And if we're here living in this area of the world and we don't feel it well, let me tell you one thing, because God loves us so much. But the world is aflame. And Jesus is coming. And many people are going to hell. If we really are saved, let's go out and serve God. We need healing. Our nation needs healing. Does your home need more love or appreciation? Jesus can come in and change these things. Do you need more understanding and acceptance? Is there a problem between family members? Do you have a crisis in your household? Only Jesus can bring healing. And he heals all the wounds and restores severed relationship. 
with his healing hand. He entered the house, and the house, instead of being sad, and everybody sitting and crying, and her daughter, mother-in-law's, Peter's mother-in-law's, her daughter, crying. Her husband, Peter, didn't know what to do, but thank God they knew where to go. He knew Jesus is there in the synagogue. I'll go get him. He crossed the street, got Jesus, and brought him in, and healing happened. Jesus is not far away. We don't have to go to a synagogue. Jesus is in the church. He's in his church, and if you're sitting there, and know that you need healing inside. Your household needs healing. Your life needs healing. Your children need healing. Everyone that you know, they need healing. And if you're sitting there, and you know that you need to be saved, you need Jesus Christ to touch you and heal you, I beg of you, in the mercies of Christ, let him come in now. Let him heal you. And he made all the difference, didn't he? She's, she got up. She started cooking. And she had a great meal. And she served her guests. And in fact, Jesus slept there. Would you open the door and let him come in? And you know one thing, when he comes in, he never leaves. He doesn't say, I'm going, to care. I'm going to stay a couple of days. No. When he comes into your heart, he stays in your heart. Would you let him in? This is why the minister, when he passed by this house, he says, does Jesus live in this house? And I want to ask our people here today. I, many are sick and many are away. I want to ask, does Jesus really live in your house? You answer that. When he comes in, we said there is healing. And another point I want to bring before we go home. When he comes in, when he lives in your house, there is also hope. Hope. Our world today, do you agree with me, is in need of hope. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, though all the happenings in the world makes me rejoice. I'm sad for the people who really are being killed. And for the wars. We don't like war. We are against war. But the point of it is these are signs that the Lord Jesus Christ is at the door coming. He spoke about that. And that's what brings a smile to my heart. This world is in need of hope. We don't know exactly how sick was this woman. We don't know. She was very sick. As I said, if it were a cold, Peter wouldn't have even drew the attention of the Lord. He has more things and, and more difficult things, people to heal. But we know she had high fever and it was dangerous. And Jesus came to her. There was hope. He entered this house. 
And we can see a change. We can see some work, some activities after that. Jesus is here. He renewed their hope. <coughs> From total illness into total health. That's the, what, when, when Jesus works, he gives hope and he gives a new life. And he gives a new uh, outlook on life. And she got up and st started serving him. She jumped out of bed and started waiting. Do we need that hope? Do you want that hope? Do you want to renew your hope? Have you been hopeless lately? Have you been disappointed lately? Have you gone through a lot at home? Children, husbands, wives, we all live with problems. Did you reach a certain point where it says, hey, it's hopeless, I am not going to look at it anymore. Jesus can enter your house and change hopelessness into hope. And sadness into joy. And that's what he did. And that's what I want to let you know about. He brings, brings a total outlook on life. To the blind when he passed by, to the, to the lame, to the leper, to the men and women with unclean spirits, he gave them hope. As I said, he never turned away from a need that was presented to him. To the wayward, the adulteress, he gave hope and a new life. To the woman he met at the well, you knew she had, she had six, seven men in her life. But when he touched her, she left everything and went to the city. He says, could that be Christ? He told me everything I've done in my life. And she changed the Samaritans, turned their world upside down. When Jesus enters a life, he changes it. He gave her a new hope. She went back to do it for a new life. And can you remember, dear Christian, when you first met Jesus, what kind of situation you were in? I was hopeless. I don't know about you. I was helpless. I don't know about you. But when you met Jesus in your old state, where were you? How were you? And then you let him in. He came into your life. Then he came into your house. And he cleaned house and changed lives. And you are sitting in a church praising God and saying, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. You had a new hope. I knew, I knew many people who wanted to commit suicide. When Jesus came to their lives, they wanted to live again. And they went on to make other lives filled with joy by taking Jesus Christ as their Savior. Does Jesus live in your house? Make your heart his house. Make your life his house. And make your house his house. And there is nothing wrong with that. To the hopelessness of habit. 
like drugs, alcoholism, pornography, all sins, Christ brings the power to overcome and you hope. And with that hope, a better future. And a question, a question I'd like to tell you. Was a Peter's household better after the healing or worse after the healing? Come to that conclusion. It was far more better. There was joy. There was, there was a banquet. And why do people do banquets? And 99% banquets are made to celebrate. And there was a celebration. And your life will be a full celebration when Jesus comes into your life and gives healing and gives hope. Amen. To shatter lives and broken relationships, broken hearts, he gives a new hope. He gives a new beginning. He gave new beginnings to many men of God in the Bible. From Abraham. From Abraham. From Adam. Until today. He has changed so many lives and gave new beginnings and gave new hopes to many people. Millions. Without hope we cannot live. There was a saying that I remember since my teenage world. I, I saw a movie and when... when uh, when a captain teaching one of his uh, soldiers says, remember when you go to war, remember this, hope is the mother of all men. And he kept it. And I still remember it. Without hope, we cannot live. Without hope in Jesus Christ, we cannot exist. And tell me, if we all lose hope, where would we be today? And children of God, without the hope we have in Jesus coming back to take us with him, where would we be today? If we were worshiping a dead savior, we won't be here. I read a little poem about three verses, four verses, it says, there was never a night without a day. Nor an evening without a morning. And the darkest hour, as the proverb goes, is the hour before the dawning. So is, is your life in total darkness? Are you in hopelessness? Have you been really questioning about your life, your household, where you are in total disarray? Let me tell you one thing. There is a new morning coming in Jesus Christ when he enters your house, when he enters your heart and gives you a new hope and renews your life completely. Abraham hoped Was he disappointed? Question, was he disappointed? The Bible says in Romans 4.18, in hope against hope he believed. And what does this mean? Well, he was hoping 
against the hope of him being at 99 years old that he can have children. I don't have hope in myself. There is no hope there. But hope in God takes his hopelessness and make it a living hope. God fulfills his promises and he fulfilled his promise. And that's our hope in the promises of God. And when he left, before he left, he says, I shall be back again. The angel stood there and says, this, this Jesus that you've seen taken away from you, he should come likewise. As you see him, come and take you to be with him. That's what the promise is. In uh, Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, I read it. It's a beautiful two verses there. We who have fled for the refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil that goes into the holy of holies of God. That's the hope that it's going to take us to be with him forever and ever. Where? To the holy of holies. We have access to that now and we shall see him as he is. He gives healing and he gives hope. Do you have hope? And the only hope is Jesus Christ. If you have hope, that means you should have Jesus Christ. Hope in this world is zero. Hope in Jesus Christ is everything. That's all. That's all. To a hope, to a home where love seems lost, all is now strife and bitterness. Rather than rest and tenderness, Christ brings love and reconciliation. And with that, hope and peace. And the question is, does Jesus live in your home? And to the millions of Christians who are living by hope, the hope of his return, the hope of his coming back, please cling to this promise. Do not waver. Do not say like old people say, those, those people who never been born again. Well, they've been talking about it since 2,000 years. Well, we are going to continue talking about it till 2,000 years more if he doesn't come. But I know one thing. Very soon we'll hear the trumpet sounds and we're going to be with him. And then we shall see him as he is. And Peter shall see him. You slept, you slept in, our, in our household. You slept on this little dirty mattress with us. He said, yes, I was there, Peter. And now you're with me in my mansion. This is the God that we have. A rich and wonderful God who's going to reign forever and ever. Are you living for this hope? Or your hope is six feet under. So many people, they look and say, well, hey, once, one day they're going to bury me six feet under. I'm not looking for that. They can take my body, but my soul, I'm going to be with the Lord. They can take the body and to say it's because the Lord said. And it's, a, it's his word from, from dust to dust. You know? 
He made us from dirt, and we go back to dirt. This, but his spirit that he put on us, his spirit doesn't go to the dirt. His spirit goes to heaven. Amen. Your spirit, children of God, child of God, your spirit is going to be in heaven. Your end is not in the grave. Your end is to be with Jesus forever and ever. Amen. That's what we look forward. He gave healing and he gave hope. And I read a little, a little story about a, a great lady. We all love and sing her hymns. The hymn writer Fanny Crosby. You know her. She wrote more than 6,000 gospel songs. She was blinded at the age of six weeks. And when she grew up, she was never bitter about it. Though they told her, are you bitter? She says, I'm never bitter about it. And one of her hymns was so personal that for years she kept it to herself. She did not publish it. One day at a Bible conference, that's a true story, in Northfield, Mass., Miss Crosby was asked to give her personal testimony and by D.L. Moody. At first she hesitated, then quietly rose and said, there is a hymn I have written which has never been published. I call it my soul's poem. Sometimes when I am troubled and hear the word, I repeat it to myself for it brings comfort and hope to my heart. She then recited while the whole congregation started weeping. And it says, someday the silver cold will break. And I no more as now shall sing. But oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of the king. And I shall see him, she was blind, face to face, and tell the story saved by grace. Amen. She lived by hope. And when she died at the age of 95, the first person she saw was the face of Jesus. That's the hope, children of God, that we have. That one day we shall see him face to face and tell the story that we've been saved by grace. The God of healing and the God of hope is our God. And we shall see him face to face. The question remains, I leave it with you. Does Jesus live in your house? Does he live in your heart? Let's bow our heads. Let's ask ourselves this question and face it. Let's face it. If you are living in torment away from God, your life is not working. Your household is not working. Isn't it time to let Jesus come in? Have him heal you and give you a new hope. If there's someone here, says, Adel, you're right. I want to let Jesus in. Would you lift up your hand so I can pray with you? And I pray for you. 
Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Say, Lord Jesus, I want to take you. I want you to come into your life, my life and give me total healing and hope. And we Christians, we who've known Jesus and we know that he lives in our household, let us renew the invitation to him to take over. Renew our hope in him. And live and to tell the world what a great God we have. May we, Lord, may we get closer to you. We know these are the last days and we know you're coming back. Help us not to lose hope, nor to lose heart. And if there's someone who's sitting there that needs you badly in his life or her life, I pray that you will be invited in so you can come in and change their lives, heal their lives, and give them a new hope. Bless us, dismiss us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you. If there's anyone who'd like to come and talk to me afterwards, I'm here in the front row seat. And the meeting is over. <laughs>